0: hello good evening everybody welcome to episode 29 can you believe it episode 29 of the with walid so uh, tonight we will have uh, the assistant director general of ntuc the national trades union congress uh, which uh, who is uh, mr zainal safari he was a former uh, pap member of parliament a two member of parliament and uh, I will get to him in a while, but I only intend to have one more episode for the year. Hopefully, hopefully one more. I haven't decided on who, uh, uh, or I haven't extended the invitation to uh, to anyone. Specifically for episode 30, I have extended many invitations to different people and have gotten some rejections, some ghosting as well. <laughs> but okay, part but of the course. So, uh, if you have... Uh, any idea of anyone who may be interested uh, to come on, uh, do tell me and then we can uh, we can have uh, episode 30 with them. But today we will have a discussion with Mr. Zainal Sapari on income inequality. And Mr. Zainal Sapari, he has been one of the and honestly he is one of my favourite uh, MPs or was one of my favourite MPs. He has been one of the most prominent, most active champions, he still is, of uh, the lower income, especially uh, lower wage workers. And I think um, uh, it is somewhat a ways that he's not in parliament anymore, but his work continues outside parliament as well through NTUC. And he was also heavily involved in the progressive wage model idea. Uh, to the point of its execution until now, still involved in refining it. Uh, So, we will have a discussion on that. Uh, Hopefully, we won't deviate too much from our topic. But, you know, I cannot guarantee. (laughs) Feel free to type in your questions. uh, Whatever questions you have for Mr. Zainal and hopefully, we will have a productive discussion. Hello Mr. Zainal, how are you?
1: Yeah, hello, Dr. Walid. Yeah, hello.
0: <laughs> please call me Walid. <laughs> yeah. No need
1: for formalities. <laughs> no need for formality, alright? Okay, no problem, brother. <laughs> okay. uh, in okay. in the union, uh, we we address each other as brothers. Yeah.
0: Mr. Zainal, I want to uh, brother, brother Zainal, sorry. Yeah. Or uh, comrade Zainal, right? That's
1: what the NTC folks. No, no, no more already. Uh, comrade <laughs> oh, no. was a long time ago, but I think yeah. when uh, then, when uh, gen uh, brother Lim Swee Say took over, he kind of uh, changed the culture and encouraged all, encouraged us to call each other brothers and sisters. Uh. No, more oh, comrade, no, more, uh. no
0: more comrade. No okay, more okay, comrade. No more
1: comrade
0: already. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So... Uh, so, uh, Brother Zainal, okay. So, do you, I wanted to ask first, do you remember
1: the first time we met? Yes, I remember. Uh, I think, I think it was over an issue about uh, Malay Muslims uh, being in the armed forces, I think. Yeah. Over at the mosque. Uh, I, I cannot remember what is the name of the mosque. Yeah. Masjid Tamagong. Masjid Temegong. Uh, hang cepat yes, Masjid hang yeah. okay. So yeah.
0: so this was probably 10 years ago right. Probably 2011, right? Yeah, definitely definitely 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah. 2011. Yeah, so I remember I sent an email to uh the Malay MPs and
1: I think you were tasked to put me in place, right? So that's why I I actually actually uh, I wasn't asked to see you or anything. Uh, right right right. I it was
0: a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, yeah. And we I had, decided
0: uh, to yeah. Yeah, 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 I
1: decided to engage you la, on the on the issue, yeah. Oh, yeah and yeah. I didn't know you were actually uh, uh, then. I think you were doing your masters, right? In right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you still remember? Okay, so
0: so Mr. Zainal and I, since then, uh, we have had a pretty good relationship. Yeah. You no, know, and he even attended my, my dad's funeral, and uh, he's always always happy to to share his thoughts and wisdom. Also, we have our of these agreements as well, yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> we agree all... to disagree. <laughs> yes. You must agree to disagree. <laughs> it's all in good spirit, right?
0: <laughs> right. So let's let's start with. I'm sure people have questions on the National Day rally and and so on. And I think even the the national. Let's start let's start off with that, right? Uh, because you have been a champion of of uh, the low, low lower wage workers, uh, the low income mob. Uh, yes. Right. So. Uh, what just happened during the National Day Rally? Did we just get a minimum wage without using the term minimum wage? Uh,
1: I think what was uh, announced was a scheme by which uh, we want to level up the salary of the lower-income workers. Uh, I wouldn't call it a minimum wage uh, because uh, it has some similarities with minimum wage but it is not intended as a national minimum wage policy. If you have a national minimum wage policy, then it must be applicable to all workers. So when we adopted this progressive wage approach, I think it is more targeted. So what PM announced was basically three approach. The first approach is for us to have the sectoral progressive wage model Uh, which is actually my forte. Uh, We have currently the four mandatory sectors, cleaning, security, landscape, lift and escalator. Uh, We will be expanding into more sectors. Uh, We are looking into having a progressive wage model for waste management, uh, retail, uh, as well as uh, food services. So that will be the sectoral progressive wage uh, model. Uh, The other approach that we are taking will be the occupational progressive wages. Uh, occupational Progressive Wages, we are targeting certain occupation. Uh, currently, we are looking at drivers and administrators. So for this op- uh, Occupational Progressive Wage, uh, it will cut across all industries. Uh, it is a challenge because if you look at the driver, a driver in logistics sector might be different from a driver in some other uh, industry, some other uh, sectors. Then uh, after the occupational progressive wage, uh, the other one that we are using uh, will actually be, again, an administrative lever, what we call the local qualifying uh, salary. Uh, local qualifying salary is a salary that you must pay your workers uh, in order for you to be entitled to uh, foreign workers. So it's not really uh, minimum wage. Some element of it in the sense that this is the salary that you need to pay your workers before right. you can get uh, uh, foreign workers. Yeah. So is it fair to say it's minimum wage for Singaporean for Singaporeans
0: in companies which want to employ foreign workers? Essentially that's it, right?
1: Uh okay. I, I think you can see it that way. Uh right. it will be very targeted, very specific. Yes. Right, right. Yep.
0: Right. So then what happened to previous arguments about minimum wage, why it's not feasible, about it's a market uh a market distortion and about how employers would not employ people. So, what happened to all those arguments? I mean, all those arguments, were they not sound economically
1: or what changed uh, such that those arguments are no longer valid? Okay, I I think I must state uh, up front. Whatever (laughs) I express now is my own personal views. (laughs) eh? Uh, Not representative of the government, not representative of my uh, organization. eh? But I think when it comes to helping uh, <clears throat> uplift the wages of the lower wage uh, uh, workers, uh, uh, I remember the stand that, uh, that was shared by uh, my uh, anchor minister, uh, uh, SMTOC here. I think we have nothing philosophical against uh, minimum wage. Uh. Uh, what we want is to try to find the best approach where we can minimize the downside uh, of minimum wage and maximize the, uh, upside, the upside of a minimum wage. So what is the downside of minimum wage is what you just uh, shared. Uh, Sometimes uh, a minimum wage can lead to a maximum wage where uh, employers might not be willing to pay more than what has been uh, stated. Uh, minimum wage can lead to wage stagnation, what we call uh, uh, sticky, uh, sticky wages. But in order for us to maximize the upside, we do state the salary that the workers can earn. But we tie this up to certain skills that they need to possess. They need to demonstrate skills which we think will lead to higher chance of them improving their productivity, uh, improve uh, uh, skills which we think will allow them to assume position of higher responsibility. That is what mm. we call by maximizing the uh, upside. But I, I have to admit, uh, when we were looking at uh, setting uh, wages for drivers, uh, setting wages for administrative assistance, we have not reached a landing point. Uh, but the concern that was raised about minimum wage were also concerned during uh, those discussions. So we just right. have to find a common landing point. Right, 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 right. So the same
0: arguments, the same concerns are still there, basically, right? It's just that yes, yep. yeah. Right, right. So, so you guys have made the calculation that the benefits outweigh those concerns
1: I think nobody uh, can know for sure uh, uh, what would be the uh, final outcome Uh, but uh, we just have to make the best that we can uh, to minimize any possible uh, uh, downside Uh, so I think think PM if you recall PM shared that when we want to implement some of these uh, uh, schemes uh, there will be transitional wage support that will be provided by the government. Uh, this is to make sure we minimize any possible downside on the part of the employers uh, who might have factored in uh, the, their operating costs based on the old salary of the workers, not based on what would be a new salary for the workers. All right. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. So I think I have some, some questions on the broader philosophies,
0: right? but, but on the specifics first, right? So uh, this, this particular uh, policy is clearly for Singaporeans, right? So uh, is the biggest thing that's stopping minimum wage from being implemented, the presence of foreign workers? Is that the ultimate impediment?
1: I wouldn't say that would be the ultimate uh, impediment Uh, But I think uh, the foreign worker will be one of the groups of workers that we do need to uh, take into uh, account uh, if we do decide uh, to have a minimum wage. So I give you, for example, right? uh, When we uh, set out the salary for the progressive uh, wage, uh, under the progressive wage model, we did uh, specify that the principles of progressive wage should also be applicable to the foreign workers. So in a sense that when we look at wage, we do allow the employers to look at the total wage cost, not just the salary that is being paid to the workers to achieve some form of parity. We also want to make sure that when when the workers are skilled, when the foreign workers are skillful, you do pay a salary that would reflect the a uh, skill set that the foreign workers uh, 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 possess, uh. so there must uh, be some parity. Yeah. How how is that going in that front on that front? Uh, uh, so far, I think we have uh, implemented a minimum wage uh, for the past since the year 2014 when it was when it came into uh, uh, effect, and I think uh, and I think uh, the uh, uh, workers under work permit they accept uh, because at the end of the day. Uh, they do receive what they think is fair salary uh, to them, and uh, our local workers receive what they deem would be uh, a salary as stipulated under the progressive wage.
0: Do do they uh, accept because they think it's fair, or because they they have no choice essentially?
1: I I cannot comment about that because, but I think when it comes to uh, fairness, uh Not necessarily the wages uh, must be the same. uh. Uh, By the end of the day, uh, when these uh, foreign workers uh, come to uh, Singapore, I kind of assume uh, they did sign a contract with their employers. uh, What would be the salary uh, payable and what would be the uh, the working uh, hours uh, would be like. Right, right, right. Okay. So
0: uh, so thank you for that. So if I could push you a little on that right? because I'm looking at this uh, looking at the elections last year when the dormitories was actually a huge issue but it didn't really become an election issue right and I felt that was essentially an indictment of singapore society right because parties always they shape the ground but they also react to the ground right and the fact that foreign workers and their conditions were not an election issue right shows that probably singaporeans didn't that wasn't uh, on the first thing or first priority on on their on their list of uh, priorities right so so my point is is it that we can just ignore foreign workers and their and their salaries uh, or or minimum wage their uh, because there is no demand for, from it from Singaporeans. And you know, when you talk about uh, contracts, for instance, right? But if your, your conditions are marginally better than back home, uh, you would accept it anyway, right? That doesn't mean that terms of the contract are, are fair or, or anything of that, of that nature.
1: I think um, we should, I mean, from NTUC's uh, point of view, uh, every worker uh, matters. Uh, to us, uh, we must uh, make sure that uh, our uh, friends uh, who are foreign workers they are also uh, fairly treated and uh, by the employers. That is the reason why, uh, on the part of NTUC we actually uh, set up the migrant uh, worker center and the role of the migrant worker uh, center uh, really is to look. Uh, after the uh, welfare of the uh, foreign workers and they have over time uh, pushed for many things which eventually uh, was uh, put into uh, practice uh, so I give you an example uh, we do have uh, employment act which is uh, intended uh, to act our, to, to protect our uh, foreign uh, workers. Uh. I think uh, Migrant Workers Centre, uh, they are working very uh, actively with some of these uh, NGOs uh, uh, to make sure that uh, the foreign workers are not uh, abused and taken uh, advantage of. Okay, okay. So there's
0: a question from, uh, from Koki. <clears throat> uh, do you know, uh, Mr. zaino do you know Koki? No? She's one... She's one of the most strident voices uh, for migrant workers and uh, she is asking uh, why can't migrant workers
1: unionize that? Actually, uh, it is not true. Uh, migrant uh, workers can become uh, union uh, members. Uh, so in my uh, union under building, uh, construction and timber uh, employees uh, union, We do have uh, among our members uh, who are are foreign uh, workers. Uh, The percentage might not be very high. Uh, I think in terms of our total uh, membership, uh, we have maybe around uh, 15 to 20% of our members who are actually uh, foreign workers. Uh, So, uh, foreign uh, workers, they can become union members. So, if there is any workplace uh, grievance that they have, the unions uh, do uh, assist them. But we do know that uh, having to pay $9 uh, per month uh, might not be easy uh, for these uh, foreign uh, workers. uh. So, the other layer that we have is to set up the Migrant uh, Worker uh, Centre. Uh, the Migrant Worker Center is basically uh, operates like an uh, NGO. Uh, it is staffed by uh, NTUC staff, uh, but actually uh, funded by the Tripartite uh, partners. Okay, okay,
0: thank you. So, um, just one final question on this. Right? So, do you have any broad comments about uh, how society, our society uses right, migrant workers? And, uh, because uh, any party during the election, uh, all the major parties did not really bring up the issue of domestic right? Especially the opposition, you would think that that could be a potent electoral issue, but the fact that they didn't means that they didn't feel that it would be
1: a potent electoral issue.
0: Or am I, am I off in my analysis, you think?
1: I, uh, I think at the end of the day... Uh... Uh, on the part, uh, what, whatever the political uh, parties uh, focus on is a decision that they, they have to make. La, or, okay, whatever issue that they want to focus on. But I think on the part of uh, NTUC, uh, we stand by our philosophy that uh, every worker uh, matters. Uh. Uh, we will assist uh, workers within uh, what is within our area of uh, influence. So I give you an example uh, when there was an outbreak uh, of the uh, uh, COVID nineteen in the dorms, uh, uh, MWC has actually has been in the uh, forefront uh, uh, supporting the uh, efforts uh, to make sure that uh, our migrant workers uh, receive the uh, attention, uh, receive the help, receive the uh, support uh, uh, needed. Uh. Uh, when it comes to foreign workers. Um, uh, there are, we, we need to assess by what, what has been done. And I think uh, at the current moment, uh, there are many things uh, that is being looked into. So i give you an example. One of the issues we, we had with uh, migrant workers is over salary uh, payment. And, and we have insisted that uh, employers must pay the salary of the fallen workers through electronic uh, bank uh, gyro uh, payment. Uh, MOM initially they were quite uh, reluctant to make it uh, mandatory, uh, but subsequently uh, we noticed because of uh, COVID, uh, there has been greater uh, take up. Because if salaries are paid electronically, then that would minimise a potential dif- dispute uh, over uh, salary uh, payment. So, so to our to your to your listener, uh, Kopi uh, Parva. Koki, Koki Parva, I, again, uh, would uh, encourage her uh, to engage uh, MWC uh, over this matter because this is really not my uh, domain area. Yep. Okay.
0: Okay, so you are adroitly steering away from making any overtly political statements, uh, <laughs> but I, I will try to bring you, there. <laughs> by the way. By the way, I think it's very rude. Happy Teachers' Day to you because you, I think you, were, you you were a teacher, you were an educator, you were my wife's discipline master. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 So Happy Teachers' Day to you. So, uh, okay. So, you have talked before about changing mindset, right? Changing mindset. Yes. Uh, and this this is in regard to
1: paying workers what they are what they are due, right? Yeah. Right? I so think we be willing. Yeah. 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 I think when I when I talk about uh, changing mindset, uh, that was more in the context of outsourced workers, uh, because uh, uh, I mean I wrote uh, one blog where there was a phenomenon where a lot of organisations they want to focus on their core business. Uh, That includes the government. They want to focus on their core business. What they considered it as non-core they prepare to buy those uh, services. So, for example, cleaning. Uh, in the past, uh, even the school attendants, they will clean the school compound. But cleaning is not considered as the core business of school. So, then, we, then what we did was that uh, government decided to buy services. We engaged companies to provide the cleaning uh, services. Uh, it was the same when we looked at uh, at uh, landscape uh, instead of uh, end parks uh, doing all the landscape maintenance they actually buy services where companies provide those landscape services and and how government uh, how companies then buy these services is through the tender process and through the tender process they they always uh, give the contract uh, to the lowest uh, bidder uh, when and, and if you check and if you check in with them uh, is always come to the issue where, where they are unwilling to pay. Uh, 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 they might not be willing to pay for the quality. And, and it creates a vicious cycle. La. When you give to the lowest bidder, I think the one that suffers the most la, would actually be the workers uh, working under that, uh, under that contract. So even when yep. we look at the progressive wage model for the food services, right? one of the concerns that we have is really the, the possible impact on food prices. And I think PM did mention that uh, we, must be prepared, uh, we must be prepared to pay more in order to make sure that the workers can be paid a better uh, salary. So that, that kind of mindset that I'm talking about. Okay.
0: I, I wanted to ask, where, where do these kinds of mindsets come from? Like Cutting corners, going for the... Where, where does it come from? <laughs>
1: I, I'm not sure, but but it is a uh, uh, natural behavior, perhaps that uh, when you buy something, uh, you want to buy at the uh, lowest uh, prices, that but still expect uh, to get the best deal uh, out of it. Okay, it, it's just natural human uh, uh, behavior. But then, then what do we do then to mitigate to make sure that the workers? Uh, do not uh, suffer. All right, that the workers do not get the the, uh, the 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 lowest deal out of this. That was the reason why we came out with the progressive wage model, because the progressive wage model will create a level level playing field. Uh, companies right. you can bid at the lowest at the lowest, but at the end of the day, uh, there is some form of protection in terms of what is payable uh, to the workers in terms of their uh, salary. Yeah. Right. Okay, so the the
0: reason I ask, right, because uh, you know this is a government that doesn't leave things to chance, right? And this is a government that is always happy to take credit for changing mindsets on certain issues, for instance. But right? so <laughs> why is it that? So do you think it's fair for members of the government to say, "Oh, people must change mindsets," especially if you if you say it's natural, which perhaps perhaps there is some element to it, right? But don't you think these mindsets also arise from somewhere? And that's the purpose
1: of policies and institutions, right? To change mindsets, right? Yeah. So I will leave it up to academic like yourself <laughs> <laughs> to analyze where, where, where this uh, mindset thing would, could come okay. from. La. Okay, I, I okay. like to be, I like to take a more uh, practical uh, approach. Uh, this is a problem that we have uh, what can we do uh, to really uh, uh, change things. Uh. So like, yeah, like yeah. now, I I, so. I'll be very frank with you. If I look at the COVID-19, days uh, right, uh, pandemic, uh, the, the, uh, the positive thing that came out, out of this uh, pandemic is that people uh, begin to realize uh, some of the important work uh, that is being done by these uh, lower wage uh, workers even for Absolutely. me uh, if you if you check my last speech in parliament i stop calling them low wage workers i prefer to call them essential uh, service uh, workers and we must be prepared to pay for service so this is another mindset change that we need you need to be prepared you need to be uh, you need to to be prepared to pay more uh, in order to enjoy uh, service. I mean, when I, when I visited other countries, uh, for example, I remember I was in uh, Sweden, uh, uh, the cost of service uh, to eat out is expensive. All right, And then many of them then prefer to eat at home. La, because why? They pay for service. Uh, and we cannot have the mindset that uh, when it comes uh, to uh, paying for essential uh, service, we are very reluctant. But we don't mind uh, 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 paying for uh, other things, which is more tangible. Yeah. Right, right.
0: So I think uh, I also want to be practical, right? Because uh, if we don't understand where the mindset comes from, then it's very difficult to think about uh, changing it. As well. but anyway, I think uh, we can leave it at it. So, how exactly do we go about changing the mindset? Do you think? What are the practical ways we can?
1: I think when it comes to about uh, changing mindset, uh, it is never easy. Uh, we can start by uh, creating uh, awareness. Uh, I think that is uh, important. And, and how do you create uh, awareness uh, It's really to show the impact of one's action that might have on uh, others. Uh. And I think that is for a start. And And we can also look in terms of uh, of uh, educating uh, our children uh, when they are still young, so I give you w- one example uh bus drivers uh, uh, in the past, we call them uh, bus drivers, but now seldom do you see uh, young young children addressing uh, uh the 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 worker uh, handling the vehicle as bus. they call they are called bus captains because uh, we acknowledge that uh, they hold a huge uh, responsibility in terms of transporting passenger from point A to uh, point B. Uh, it is a process which might take time, but you need to start uh, somewhere. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: So other than... Okay, so, so let's, let's talk specifically about uh, income inequality. Do you think... Meritocracy, the logical outcome of meritocracy is income inequality.
1: I have to uh, disagree uh, because uh, I think what is the uh, alternative to uh, meritocracy? La? Okay, what is the alternative? The alternative I think, is
0: something you mentioned before, right? Class-based affirmative action.
1: Uh, uh, not necessarily. is class-based uh, affirmative uh, action. If, the, if we do not uh, 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 base some of our uh, policies based on meritocracy, then uh, if you go by your connection with people, your uh, influence, I think uh, the unintended consequences might be even be worse. Uh. Uh, meritocracy is not uh, perfect. Uh, But I think for a start, uh, it will allow uh, people to uh, level up uh, the uh, social ladder. It's just that we just need to uh, mitigate and make sure that our meritocracy is not just based on one uh, particular uh, set of credentials. uh. Uh, We might be, in the past, I think our merit was too skewed towards uh, educational uh, qualification. uh. If you are educated, the chances of you making, uh, progressing will be higher uh, compared to you if you do not have those educational uh, qualifications. And I think we need to move towards what, um, I think this term was coined by then uh, Education Minister, Mr. Taman Shamu- Shamugaratnama, uh, authentic meritocracy, uh, where we acknowledge the skills, the talent that uh, people have and allow uh, those, then, uh, these people to also progress uh, up the social ladder. And I think under, uh, then, uh, Mr. Taman Shamogaratnam, where we then start introducing the direct uh, school admission, uh, where we allow schools to admit students based on certain uh, skills and uh, talent. Uh, It's not perfect, all right, but I think... uh, 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 there will be unintended consequences, but we just have to mitigate what are some of these unintended consequences. Right.
0: right. So you mentioned you mentioned these few things, right? And I think he actually does don't they make a case against pure meritocracy, right? Because uh, the direct schools admission very well intentioned, right? But I would think I would think parents with more resources can train their children from a very young age to to be very good at something, uh, and uh, co-curricular activity on extracurricular activity, as opposed to uh, parents with fewer resources, right? And also you said about connection, uh, isn't that what meritocracy after two or three generations do? Isn't that what it does? Because uh, you come from a family with more resources, you are able to send for tuition, and also if your parents are university educated, then... They know more university educated people, more successful people. Yes. And then that's what it does, right? So yeah. it's an inherent flaw in merit. I guess, why the reluctance to admit that, that meritocracy, meritocracy
1: is flawed? Just as affirmative is flawed, but meritocracy yeah. is superfluous. I, I wouldn't say that meritocracy is flawed, uh, it is not uh, perfect. I think it is quite uh, natural uh, for parents with more uh, resources to actually uh, give the best uh, to their children. Uh, But I think, yeah, but I think then as a society, uh, as a government, as a nation, there are certain uh, baselines that we need to make sure that uh, every child can have uh, access to. uh. So I give you uh, as an example uh, when we look at Uh, pre-primary education uh, kindergarten. Uh, In the past, uh, it wasn't in the agenda. Uh, Our focus was really to make sure that the children enter a primary school. But now we realize the importance of uh, preschool uh, education. So government uh, pumps some money to make sure that every child uh, can have access to uh, preschool education. But of course, some parents that that are more uh, well-off they might not necessarily opt for the mass uh, like PCF uh, people. They might right. opt for some of the better ones. But I think this is uh, something natural. But we just have to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, we are helping uh, the lower income group, the vulnerable. Uh, it is impossible for you to have in a society uh, where there is uh, a perfect or equal sure. uh, opportunities. Equal outcomes.
0: Equal, yeah. equal outcomes, right?
1: We can yeah. equalize
0: opportunities as much as possible, right? Yes. Like equal outcomes, probably. Uh, mm. I'm not even sure whether it's desirable. But, uh, okay, so, I mean, and just a note on that, I think my, my son went to PCF for a while and it's, it's pretty decent, I think. It's pretty good, yeah. uh, the quality. So it's not as if... Uh, the, so I think that part, I think, has been has been done pretty well. But you used to be a champion of class-based, class-based affirmative action, right? What happened?
1: Have you sort of changed uh, your views on that? <laughs> I, I'm not sure whether uh, I championed for class-based uh, affirmative action. Uh, I think it was a term which somebody used, okay? Uh, this is, but my affirmative action will be more in the form of uh, making sure uh, that certain group of uh, uh, workers are not unfairly uh, treated, uh. Yeah. Okay. So it was more in the context of a progressive wage model. Okay, you have this group of uh, workers. Uh, if necessary, if we need to enact uh, legislation to protect them, then we must do it. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, Mr. Zainal, Brother Zainal, sorry. So, uh-huh. do you think, <laughs> do you think uh, the GRC is an example of affirmative action?
1: GRC is an affirmative uh, uh, action. I think when it was when it started, uh, it was uh, intended to make sure uh, minority uh, representation uh, is assured in parliament. Yep. (laughs) So, (laughs) but this is not on class inequality, you know.
0: No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. not, not, But my point (laughs) is, is. if we acknowledge that there are limits to meritocracy in the political sphere, why can't we admit that and have some form? I'm not. I'm not talking. I think race-based affirmative action in uh, in the economic sphere is doomed to fail. I think that yeah. is something we must reject. But class-based affirmative action is is extremely feasible and in fact desirable, right? Don't you think so? Uh,
1: okay. Again, uh, like I said, uh, when it comes to class-based uh, affirmative uh, uh, action. Not within my, uh, uh, not something which I uh, really dwell into, uh, but I do, but I, but because my focus is really on helping uh, lower wage uh, workers earn better wages, better welfare, better life. Uh, that has been my uh, focus of my two years in uh, parliament. Okay, okay. Two years
0: in parliament. Eh, sorry. Two Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. So other than so you've already given a few a few concrete solutions, right? So one is childcare, uh and you nationalise that or not nationalise that but make sure that the basic level, accessible. the entry level, yeah, yeah is yeah, it's accessible. Is is very yeah. good of very good quality, right? Okay. So that's that's one and then PWM you are a, a champion of it. Uh, and other than that uh, you also talk about changing mindsets. Other than that, uh, is there any other suggestion you have for income inequality?
1: Yeah. If, if we look at uh, income equality, uh, um, there is no silver bullet uh, uh, that able to uh, really, uh, you cannot eradicate income equal, inequality. All right, Because at the end of the day, uh, if you want to have zero uh, income inequality, then uh, each one of us get the same salary. Uh, then uh, Gini coefficient will be uh, zero. Uh, all right? uh, but I think what we need to do is to institute a policy more at the uh, critical areas uh, uh, to make sure that uh, the uh, uh-huh. uh, lower wage uh, families uh, they can have access to some of these uh, basic needs. For example, if you look at our housing mm-hmm. policy, uh, we institute housing policy to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, everybody has a chance uh, to own uh, a home. Uh, if you look, <coughs> at, I, I still remember statistically uh, speaking, uh, uh, 80% of those uh, in the bottom 20% of the income uh, household income bracket, uh, uh, they do own their uh, own homes. Uh. So again, uh, housing policies, uh, additional housing grant, uh, all these intended as a form of income redistribution. Then we must also look uh, in terms of our uh, policies of ensuring uh, retirement adequacy. All right. Uh, uh, topping up uh, CPF uh, to make sure again, there are certain segments in our group that will have those uh, uh, support. Yeah? If you look in terms of healthcare needs, uh, what are some of the things that we can actually uh, support uh, this group of uh, people so it is not just about minimum wage that we think will address uh, income equality it re- requires really a broad uh, spectrum of uh, policies uh. oh absolutely
0: so on on just on you know you mentioned healthcare i think the the uh, requirements for instance we've had this discussion i think it's so stringent unnecess- unnecessarily so
1: uh, that, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think again. Uh, we need to uh, uh, understand uh, the purpose of uh, Medisave. Uh. Uh, there has been some uh, adjustment that is made to MediSafe where where we where I think the government uh, do allow uh, for certain certain type of uh, treatment uh, uh, to be uh, payable uh, using your uh, MediSafe. and yeah. at the end of the day. We, we want to make sure that uh, should anyone is hospitalized and the cost of the medical treatment is so high, eh, it doesn't uh, lead, uh, cause you to be in dire financial straits. Eh. There is still uh, uh, some, uh, you still have some MediSafe saving eh, uh, to, to, to help you from falling into dire financial straits. But eh. isn't,
0: and- isn't that statement itself? do you see even that statement itself is problematic right? why should a citizen of Singapore or anybody who goes to the hospital co- consider that as a possibility even
1: right? oh, like so that put, is the reason you be
0: so, poor without, without yeah. so
1: that is the reason again I like said then uh, we introduce other layers of uh, support if let's say uh, you do not have you don't have any medicine then that is where Medifan uh, kicks in uh, that even the most uh, recent that we introduced was uh, national uh, healthcare insurance policy, which is right. our MediShield uh, Life. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, because if you if you look uh, uh, in terms of the medical uh, support that Singaporeans uh, enjoy, uh, we are still uh, relatively uh, better off in some countries. I remember when I was in uh, when I was in uh, Switzerland, uh, I wasn't ve- feeling uh, very well. I actually went to, see, uh, went to the uh, clinic. I remember the assistant, the first question she asked me, do you have health insurance? All right. Then when I told her I didn't have health insurance, then she actually referred me to a clinic which I thought maybe it would be uh, cheaper. But eventually it cost me £160 uh, uh, for diarrhea. <laughs> oh wow uh, treatment for diarrhea eh? is it 100 and no 100 not pounds sorry 160 the Swedish currency la. I'm not sure what is that la. this is in uh? Sweden or Switzerland Sweden,
0: Sweden. Uh, Switzerland oh,
1: okay. uh, sorry in Switzerland what is it uh? Okay. Uh, in Kronos is it I cannot remember but it was yeah, expensive yeah. La. yeah okay okay wow alright alright okay
0: <clears throat> so thank you so much so uh, I think we have uh, covered quite, quite a fair, fair bit of ground I think uh uh, thank you, and I've I've always appreciated your uh, your work in Parliament, and also you are the only the third uh, PAP person to come on uh, my show. I hope more will come. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing you uh, as a friend. Now. Yeah. Thank probably. you, thank you.
0: I appreciate it. I mean, probably was the first? Uh, I mean, he mentioned Swiss francs as well. Uh, That's um, the there's the currency. Yeah. yeah, so he was the first, but thank you, Louis Ng was the other one. So let's take it up a notch, right? So, okay, <laughs> Sarah Barbaric, right? So where yeah. uh, where do you stand? Because you commented uh, on the incident in today, and your comment was also picked up in Parliament by somebody we both know, uh,
1: Joshua NMP. Uh, okay. Joshua.
0: Yeah. So what what is your what are your thoughts on? That, that,
1: I, that. I i, I uh, do not see it as where do I stand, uh, but uh, I have been a grassroots uh, advisor, and i know uh, p a they are quite true to their mission uh, in terms of uh, promoting uh, racial uh, harmony uh, in terms of uh, promoting uh, cohesion uh, in the in the uh, community and and uh, and uh, and and as we know, a lot of our grassroots uh, activities, uh, uh, it is organized by volunteers, uh, supported by uh, PA staff. Yes, uh, a mistake was uh, made, uh, but uh, like I said, I wouldn't uh, coin it as an effort uh, to be insensitive uh, to the uh, to the to the community. Uh, I even I, I shared you like one example. Even when I was a grassroots uh, advisor. Uh, there was one uh uh, incident where i think my grassroots leaders uh, they wanted to organize uh, 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 an event and that event falls during our ramadan all right and they didn't expect uh, any muslims uh, would be attending that event so they advertised a particular dish uh, which would appeal to the chinese uh, population But unfortunately, when they advertise it, it kind of offended the Muslim uh, community. So, they learn from it. I think at the end of the day, uh, when an incident happened, let's learn uh, from this uh, incident and we move uh, forward uh, because we do not want to dampen the spirit of these uh, grassroots uh, leaders. I didn't think uh, there was any ill uh, intention. Uh, It was a wrong judgment call. Uh, to have the 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 two uh, what is it Stand uh, day, the two uh, the two standees uh, it 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 was inappropriate. I agree, it was inappropriate. It doesn't actually reflect, but uh, we learn from the incident and we move on. Okay, yep. so so I agree, there
0: was no there is no intention to be insensitive, but the outcome was insensitive. Right?
1: Uh, what is the outcome?
0: The outcome of i mean they didn't intend to be insensitive they wanted to show whatever they wanted to show but what they did was insensitive right? without being being mean uh, main intention
1: or uh, uh, okay. yeah of course you you can say right. Uh, uh, right, i okay. i wouldn't so, say what they did was the outcome was insensitive uh the uh, uh outcome is something that they didn't expect like, i mean for us we see it as insensitive uh but to the uh, to the committee that, to whoever made that decision, uh, the, he might not realize that it was yeah, yeah, not an appropriate...
0: Now, now they realize already, right? Like, of course, la, yes. Like, yeah, then it, learn
1: from can, it. Yeah. Then why cancel the meeting if, if oh, that's why? I, 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 I'm actually, I'm not privy why the meeting was uh, canceled. So really, <laughs> like, but, okay, uh, what, what
0: do you <laughs> think? As, as, as a private citizen, what do you think? The People's Association, which is meant, you said they are true to their values. If their values yeah. is about bringing people together, why go after a private citizen in the way they do?
1: Okay. Uh, how the case was uh, managed, I cannot comment. Uh, why? why? Why cannot
0: you comment? No, I, I cannot comment.
1: <laughs> really, I, I, no. I'm not privy to the decision no, why case, they... As a private yeah.
0: citizen, you can make a decision or you can... No. Opine. Yeah. Because you open on the case. You you open on the case and you said that the incident... Basically... From the way that, yeah. uh, that today's article quoted you was that uh, you disagreed with Sarah, right? So, why, why the hesitancy to disagree with the PA if,
1: if you think that the PA did something wrong? Uh, the PA did something wrong? You mean not meeting the meeting? In cancelling them, the meeting. Yes, yes. In cancelling. in cancelling the meeting. I mean, at the end of the day, they must have a reason for uh, doing so. But uh, if I had been the grassroots uh, advisor, I would have met up with her. Right. Yep. So I hope uh, Melvin Yong is listening. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So I know I understand because you have you have links to the party. I mean, you're a party member, and, and so it's it's a bit. I'm putting you in a uh, difficult spot, right? So no, like You are not uh, putting me in a difficult spot. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't, right? You wouldn't have cancelled the meeting if you were the PA person in charge.
1: I would have made up uh, to address okay. her, her grievance. Uh. Yep.
0: Okay, 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 fair enough. All right, so, uh, so Koki is saying you are not a private citizen. Well, yeah, yeah, it's true. You are a party member and all, but I'm just saying... So
1: that. what is what is a, what is a private citizen? Uh, so. Yeah, 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 okay. But yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So I don't want to go down that... that, that I'm a path. Singaporean, I'm a Singaporean. <laughs> so I
0: guess, I guess, Mr. Rayo, why, why that incident, right? Sort of... Left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, right? Especially come coming off the back of uh, twenty twenty, where you know soul searching and and so on, right? So why why do that approach? Why why conduct that approach to a citizen who was clearly sincere? Even if you disagree with the methods, right? Why not settle it over over Twitter, over Instagram Live, or in a private closed yeah. session? Why not? Why cancel and Issue such a strong statement, right? And then when I saw the Today article where leaders like yourself were quoted, right? None of huh? them actually, actually gave this, this uh, perspective, right? Like, OPA oh, shouldn't have done that. When it's easy to go after Sarah, right? She is, she is a private citizen. Well Sarah
1: is a private citizen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> By the way, Prof. Yakob says he's a private citizen. <laughs> So everybody is a private citizen. So I guess why, why is it when it's an individual, it's so easy to disagree with that person, but when it's a government institution, right? Like, we will give so many caveats, uh, So many caveats, uh, and then so many, uh, so many excuses. And that yeah. that uh, that generosity is not extended to citizens who who are deemed to disagree with the government
1: sometimes. So like I said. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, uh, different people have uh, different take uh, on the issue, uh, But I am of the position: uh, uh, let not such issue uh, uh, cause divisiveness uh, in the community, la. But like okay. I always stick to the stand that let's learn uh, from it and then uh, we move on. La. I mean, okay. the the. Uh, uh, Hindsight is always uh, twenty twenty, 20 eh, alright? It's okay. always uh, perfect. Eh? Uh, and, and when a decision is made, not to meet up with Sarah Bagrib, right? Miss Sarah Bagrib, uh, maybe uh, PA uh, didn't anticipate uh, that kind of reaction. But again, on hindsight, eh, maybe if they were to be in a similar situation, uh, they might make a different decision. Well, they can reverse that decision now. Yeah, I do not, not know. hindsight, eh. they can do it. <laughs>
0: can do it now. So it's not hindsight anymore, right? Then already know the okay, so yeah. we shouldn't be divisive, right? So which I completely agree as in, we must always try towards Hey Doctor walid we're supposed to talk about income inequality. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I already gave a caveat, I don't wanna to divert to her, but I mean I had to I had to decide. That's, that's kind of like, do you think what yeah. Hamsul Kama and Amrin Amin did was was that divisive? Or or are you not
1: going to comment some soul uh uh, uh, uh I, i'm you uh, mean. oh you didn't okay mean. i know i know i know what you yeah, are yeah, referring yeah, yeah. what you are referring to i think at the end of the day uh, uh i cannot stop what they want to do uh but at the end of the I day that. Uh, you just I bear yeah you I, just what, bear whatever is the consequences. Is, yeah. I'm just saying that it's very
0: easy to, to say that, oh, this is divisive, that is divisive. Yeah. But, it, you know, if if people who went after Sarah also went after Shamsul, right, I think it would mean so much. At least I would say, okay, you are consistent because what, what you really do not want is divisiveness, right? So, yeah. but it's it's so easy, uh, I mean, to go after Sarah, who's, as I said, who's, who doesn't have the uh, the same... Uh, level of power as as the other people, right? So, that's that's what I thought, the, the, the way the whole thing was handled, it wasn't just PA, right? It was prominent people like Shamsul and Aham who really should have, should have known better, right?
1: Hard to comment on that, now. <laughs>
0: okay, right fine now. Fine now okay. <laughs> Let's get back to <laughs> income <crown> inequality. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, what is the right balance between foreign talent? Because Uh, and uh, local talent, right? So on one hand, you know, this whole Sika debate has taken on uh, a very nasty turn as well, you know. And, you know, for Indians like me, you know, we are very used to, we're very used to sorts of, all sorts of racism disguised as other things. At the same time, right, there are some valid concerns by Singaporeans, on the part of Singaporeans, to... Uh, foreign talent, for instance, right? I may not necessarily share those concerns, but I know many Singaporeans probably agree with the sentiment that uh, PSP is putting forth, right? I do not, but I think many people, I mean, that resonates with many people, right? So how do you find the the balance between foreign talent and and that? Because that is very related to income inequality. I think
1: it's um, not easy uh, to find the right uh, balance, uh, uh, because I think uh, the balance uh, differ from uh, different, different groups. Lah. So, so I, I, I give you as, uh, as an example, right? Uh, if you look at some employers, they will always say that it is very difficult uh, to get uh, Singaporeans uh, to do certain jobs. So I give you an example. Uh, I'm quite involved in the cleaning industry, landscape industry, uh, there's always a call for us to uh, allow them to hire more uh, foreign workers, uh, but at the same time, we also need to understand that we also need to make sure that uh, some that these jobs are still available to Singaporeans if they are willing uh, to do the work now right? um uh, uh, but then if you look at uh, and then what do we do to protect our our to Singaporeans' uh, interests? Uh, we introduce what we call the dependency ratio. You're only entitled uh, to a certain uh, level of uh, foreigners uh, if you hire a certain percentage of uh, Singaporeans. Then if you go up to the SPAS, uh, it is the same thing. Uh, uh, SPAS would actually be equivalent to the diploma holders. Uh, we have certain qualifying salary for SPAS and there is also a certain, uh, certain quota. Again, to make sure that at the end of the day, uh, there is a level uh, uh, playing field. Uh, uh, and and uh, over time, what we do is that we try to make some uh, adjustment. Uh, the one that currently we do not have a quota is actually the employment pass. All right. Uh, because uh, again, you need to strike a balance. Uh, uh, you want to make sure that when companies invest in Singapore, they are also able to attract the, the kind of talent uh, that they need. So if we look at Google, right? Uh, I mean, uh, Google, uh, they need certain type of talent and most, some of their employees are actually on uh, employment uh, pass. But what we can do is to mitigate any uh, downside. Uh, I know MOM, they are very active in terms of uh, ensuring fair hiring uh, practices. If, let's say, there are uh, complaints, there are allegations that the firms are not giving, uh, are not uh, offering fair hiring uh, practices, uh, MOM will come in and, and uh, investigate. Uh, we try to institute, for example, uh, before you can hire anyone on an employment pass, you need to put up an advertisement to hire uh, uh, locals. If let's say there are complaints by locals uh, that A, hey, uh, MOM didn't give me fair consideration and uh, if MOM feels that A, hey, it is true that the company is really uh, not enforcing fair hiring practices, then administrative uh, uh, penalties uh, will be given. Some of these companies, uh, they will they will be barred from uh, applying. Uh, their work pass ri- privileges will actually be, uh, be curtailed. So again, right. I know it is a very sensitive uh, uh, topic, yeah. uh, but really finding that fine balance uh, is mm. not easy. Uh, it it, there's no formula. Uh, so it's really, we have to make adjustment through trial and uh, trial and error, and make sure that at the end of the day, uh, Singaporeans are being looked after as well. Okay. No, I
0: completely agree. I think this is one of the most difficult uh, balances to strike. I mean, being in government, is all about striking balances. Right? So, so thank you for that. By the way, I just wanted to clarify to the listeners, right? I did ask Mr. Zainal beforehand whether I can ask him on SARA, and he, he was gracious enough to tell me, I can ask anything and he'll answer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, <laughs> so if he had said no, I wouldn't have asked okay, so for future uh p a p members who wanna come on, uh please don't worry, I will not ask questions, you don't want, to yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh Mr. Zainal, any final thoughts anything you wanted to say uh before before we end uh
1: uh I think at the end of the day um uh we uh Many people are actually um, doing whatever they can uh, uh, when it comes to lower wage workers uh, uh, to make sure that they can have a better life. But at the the end of the day, uh, it is always when it comes to income inequality uh, to help these lower wage workers earn uh, better wages uh, is a race uh, without a finishing line. uh. It is an ongoing uh, process. We tweak, uh, we make some uh, adjustment, uh, we learn from our uh, mistakes. Uh, but I do not doubt uh, that really on the part of the uh, government uh, and on the part of the stakeholders that we do work with, uh, there is a genuine uh, attempt uh, to make sure that uh, the, those people below the 20th percentile uh, have a better shot at earning uh, better wages. Uh. But but it cannot be just the effort of the government alone, the g- effort of the employer. Uh, it must be as a whole society uh, approach. Uh. Right. Okay. Thank you so much.
0: So Koki said uh, politicians shouldn't get to pick and choose which citizens questions they answer. Well, I would agree if I was a three-time journalist, right? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I agree completely. If I was a journalist, yeah. I shouldn't. But you know, I'm asking I, people who come on here for
1: free <laughs> um, but I, doing, I think,
0: yeah, papers. I didn't,
1: I didn't, I didn't pick any any questions. You didn't, so uh, Mr. Zainal yeah. Didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't I think
0: many many of them didn't. Some of them yeah. did, but many of them didn't. So so yeah, uh, so thank you for that, uh, Mister Zainal. So Mister Zainal, I I always end off uh, with this question. So who, who is the MP you least like? Hey, sorry. Who is the <laughs> <laughs> who is the opposition MP you like the most? <laughs>
1: Who is the opposition uh, MP that I like? uh, Opposition
0: Opposition figure, doesn't have
1: to be MP. Who is the one that you like? Who is the one that I like? Uh, A a bit difficult uh, because uh, when I I was in uh, uh, parliament, uh, I do see every of the opposition uh, member, they play their role uh, as an opposition uh, member. Uh, because I know uh, some of them. I mean, uh, I'm quite close to, uh, uh, I know Faisal, uh, right. I know Sylvia, uh, and then I know also uh, 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 some of them. Lah, all right. Uh, to say whether I have any favorite uh, opposition, uh, I wouldn't say, but again, uh, and I do respect that they do play their role as an opposition in uh, parliament, but the, the one that I'm closest to will be Faisal Manab. Lah.
0: Right. And he speaks, yeah. he speaks really highly of you.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, in my personal conversations,
0: uh, and also yeah. I think I have to commend you. I think you are a rare breed in, in politics. Right, I said this to Prof Yakup as well, where you do not make personal attacks.
1: Uh, or,
0: you know, sometimes in politics you have to make personal attacks anywhere. I mean, it's far for the cause. But you are one of those who really, really uh, stay away from that. So, yeah. so thank you. But for, but again, but again, that.
1: in my in my in my time uh, uh, as a politician. Uh, there were certain things. You still ask if are I if I had the benefit of hindsight, uh, uh, there are certain <laughs> things I wouldn't do. Yeah, really? Like of like course, what? we
0: yeah. are ending. Then you say this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, like uh, like uh, 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 the one that I was heavily attacked uh, because of my comment that I said not within my pay grade, uh, uh, because there was a yeah there was there was a conversation which i had with i think professor tomiko yeah. then yeah. Uh, on on the issue of i think yeah yeah i think i think i think because people don't understand the context because professor tomiko was asking zainal if you can expand progressive wage uh, model to more uh, uh, sectors then I think I made the remark uh, not within my pay grade. Uh, it's really not my caller to, to expand. It was in that context. But unfortunately, it was misinterpreted uh, because if you read my follow-up to my response, at the end of the day, of course, I'm supportive of expanding progressive wage model to more sectors. Of course, I'm supportive of higher wages uh, for the workers. But that part was missed out. Uh. But again, I think the, the comment was inappropriate. Yeah, but like I said, like, Was it you,
0: inappropriate? You... Why was it inappropriate?
1: Uh, I mean, because you were pe- answering it in a whimsical manner, but your point was, yeah. was correct, right? Yeah, but, but again, it could have been uh, responded in a better way. Uh, instead uh, of saying not within my pay grade, I could have just told professor, uh, it is not my call to make that uh, that decision. It's not within my decision. Yet.
0: <laughs> okay, I think it's fine, you know, sometimes we introduce a bit of humor. What's... what's... What's wrong with that? I mean, you were not going after anybody. So, yeah. So, I think I just wanted to read out a few comments. Just now, somebody said that you were a fierce discipline master. Basically, you always made him or her uh, sweat. Not true. Not (laughs) true. I was. My wife said she was scared of you. Yeah. So, and Ocean said you were the best uh, superintendent uh, in MOE. So, I think, yeah, you did. You did leave your mark. I mean... From, from my own conversations, even the opposition also yeah. uh, speaks. I, I, I think at
1: the end of the day, um, uh, uh, respect begets respect. I mean, if you uh, respect your student, if you respect your colleagues, if you respect the opposition, uh, respect begets respect. Right. Yeah. And I
0: definitely have a lot of respect for you, for your professional work in parliament and also for how you've always been to me in spite of our Disagreements yeah. occasionally, occasionally. Yeah, yeah we must <laughs> agree to always, disagree. <laughs> yes, they've always been very, very nice to me and I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, so thank you so much, Mr. Zan. All we right. went slightly over one hour. Uh, sorry about that, but thank
1: you Okay, so no much. worries. Okay, okay, okay good most time. welcome. Good All, night. Night. All right, okay. okay good night. Assalamualaikum.
0: Okay, Waalaikumsalam. Okay, salam. bye-bye. Okay, everyone. Bye-bye.